Welcome to MLB Extras, the Colorado Rockies edition. I am Allison Footer, and I'm here with Thomas Harding, who uh, valiantly covers the Rockies every single day. Love that word. Uh, Thomas, so we have we have a lot to go over. This offseason, this hot stove season, uh, nothing's really gotten going yet, but the Rockies could be a very interesting team to keep an eye on. Um, let's just get right to it. Noah Syndergaard might be available and the Rockies might be a match. And, um, I, you know, I kind of want you to, you to sort of go through the different scenarios, why that could possibly happen, even though the Mets are going to ask for a haul for him and they rightfully should. And where, where do you see the Rockies uh, coming in on this? Do you think there's a realistic chance for this to happen? Uh, that may be tough because of two things. Number one, I'm not sure how motivated the Mets are to move him. I mean, it, it does sound like give us everything you've got and you may get Noah Syndergaard. And when you look at the Rockies roster and you look at the Mets roster, what the Rockies have is pretty much what the Mets need. The Rockies were able to, with a very young starting rotation and for the most part, a young team, get to the playoffs. And some of their main guys were before their arbitration year. So they come really cheap as far as uh, as far as salary is concerned. So those very guys that have fueled the Rockies climb, that's what the Mets want. And we're, I'm seeing that consistently with any trade rumor that is involving the Rockies. It seems that, um, you know, guys like Kyle Freeland and Herman Marcus, guys like that, um, also the top prospect, Brendan Rodgers, those are the guys teams are asking for. And if you're the Rockies, you're sitting there, wait a second, these are the guys that we need to do what we want. We want to add. We don't want to take away. So it, I think it will be difficult. I mean, there there may be some situations where the Rockies could move some money. I think yesterday I mentioned guys like Ian Desmond or um, Brian Shaw. But really, the key to the deal is who are those young, controllable players that other teams ask for? I mean, there's uh, David Dahl on this roster who, at the end of the season, had was outstanding for the Rockies in September, but he's had a number of injuries over the years. There's John Gray, who has gone from an ace on the staff to last year struggling for much of the year, but you look at some of the ancillary numbers, it, there's a lot of talent there. Do you trade a guy like that? So the Rockies will have to make some difficult decisions to trade for a guy like a Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, I guess it's kind of um, what makes it that much more difficult. Like you said, they're both team. They're two teams that are both looking to stay competitive. And from a Mets standpoint, I mean, I guess you're kind of signaling something if you're going to trade a Syndergaard that they're not going to be contenders in the immediate future. But at the same time, I don't see them as being like this long term break it down and start over organization either. Um, and so, yeah, I, the Mets would be asking for players that the Rockies need now and not necessarily the Rockies looking at it and saying, well, our window is wide open right now. And then we can, you know, we could start over in a few years. Um, they kind of, everybody sort of needs, I guess, the same level of talent at this point, both teams, which does make it seem like it can't really happen. Yeah. Yeah. It, it will be tough for that to happen. And there are a few other trade scenarios involving the Rockies that I'm looking at that, uh, that, that I think you're going to run into some of the same problems, but Here's where the Rockies are right now. They finished the regular season, or at least the 162-game regular season, tied with the Dodgers for the National League West Championship. If they were able to win that playing game or didn't have to play that game 163 against the Dodgers, they sat in pretty good shape in the postseason because I thought that uh, you know the, the Braves were the team that you wanted to play against, and the Dodgers got the Braves then. I mean, so if you're the Rockies, you're sitting there saying, 
we had some serious offensive flaws here, but yet look how close we were to be possibly even a World Series contender. That's what they're thinking. I think that the Mets, it's a little bit different situation because it wasn't that long ago that they were in the World Series, and I think they feel like they can somehow get back, but I don't really know exactly where they are on the competition scale. Um, but, yeah, those, those teams, it could be a tough match there. Um, the Rockies, there, there are a couple of other guys that I'm looking at right now that they could be trading for. Um, they need to improve the offense, and the Phillies are looking to move Carlos Santana. But same thing, Phillies, they were very close last year. Hey, they weren't out of the race until, I think, the final days of the season. So they want something major league ready right now. JT Real Muto, yeah, the Marlins are, uh, I guess, in, in their rebuild mode, but they have, over, the, over their history, they have this um, tendency to make tr- make trades, tear things down, then show up in a World Series in a year or so. So, so the Marlins won a lot for JT Real Muto. The Rockies, when you're right there at the edge and you don't have the huge amount of money, um, it's tough to make deals. But it does look like they're trying out there to to see what would happen. Yeah, the Rockies are definitely moving in a direction that I think fans should be excited about. And uh, I was reading your story on just the non-tender deadline that is quickly approaching and a lot of arbitration-eligible Rockies, including Nolan Arenado, who, of course, is not in danger of being non-tendered. But there are some decisions that need to be made on his side and on the team side. I think there's probably a mutual interest to keep him in Colorado for a very long time. This is sort of a, kind of an off-season of reckoning for him, it seems to be. Can you, can you explain that to us? Yeah, because he's sitting there, and one of the best third basemen to come out in a generation. Um, as far as uh, getting to his arbitration years, you look back and you look at a guy like a Hall of Famer like Mike Schmidt or George Brett, though I'm putting him in that category. But those guys never really hit the free agent market or never went anywhere else. Their teams were able to retain them for their entire careers. And that's what you're looking at for Nolan Arenado. Can the Rockies now, it may not be for an entire career, but can they can they put together an offer to where, hey, this is a good enough offer that uh, I don't have to go out on the free agent market. I think things would operate a bit slowly with Arenado because there's a guy out there, Manny Machado, who's going to make a whole lot of money this offseason. If Nolan Arenado were coming out at the same time, we would be talking about Arenado, Machado, and Bryce Harper all in that mega, mega deal range. So I think that for, for Arenado, yeah, he can deal with arbitration for the 2019 season, but really the thing that you watch is between now and the start of the season, um, once Machado gets his dollars, where does Arenado fall in that? Um, we know that Chris Bryant, or, or at least according to reports, Chris Bryant turned down a huge offer, I think over $200 million from the Cubs. I would think that that would be the floor as far as Arenado is concerned, and who knows? Where he is right now may be the basement as far as he's concerned. So I think that the Machado deal will kind of help solidify things. So even when Arenado makes an agreement for the 2019 season, um, there's still a lot to do here uh, as far as trying to figure out where he fits. Now, if you're the Rockies, do you feel like you can compete for Nolan Arenado on the open market? I think you have to look at it as he's on the open market rather than we're looking for a hometown discount here. Yeah, and I think with a guy like Nolan Arenado, I mean, what part of what has to make him 
such a prime candidate to just lock him down into a long-term contract is the fact that he's so good defensively. I mean, not getting a one-dimensional guy. You're not, in my opinion, as he ages, I think that his defense is still going to be so valuable um, to this team. And, and you know, when I, I think back at some of the really long-term deals, like an Albert Pujols, um, just guys that are sort of can do one thing really well, and that's hit but not so well-rounded. And I think with Arenado, it's got to be a no-brainer that that would be like your franchise guy at one of the toughest positions, you know, that he that he's so good at one of the toughest positions in the infield. Yeah, I mean, especially in this day and age where so many players play a whole lot of positions and some of them play those, they play a whole lot of positions at an average level. Nolan Arenado is an all-timer at third base. And I go back to, I may have said it on a podcast earlier, if the Rockies had a Magna Carta, you know, with all this old English letters about what's most important to them. There are two things. Keeping the pitches in the strike zone and putting away outs, especially on the ground, because at Coors Field, that big outfield, you're going to every now and then have a bloop single, then a home run. But if you could put away the ground ball outs consistently, you can win a lot of games there because not everybody can do that. That's where Nolan Arenado is so valuable to the Rockies. Hey, when they um, shift to the right side of the infield, they leave Arenado there on the left side, not a shortstop, Arenado. That says a lot about him. And you just look at the defensive numbers, the performance, um, and and when he has the chance to make the big play, yeah, that's part of what makes him very special. I mean, yeah, he'll be uh, a little bit older than Machado when he signs his contract, but I don't think anybody would argue that he's less valuable than Machado. Oh, absolutely. Is there anything else that we should be looking for as this um, tender deadline approaches? Anything else with the arbitration eligible players that stands out to you with the Rockies? Well, I mentioned Rio Muto. The Rockies are perpetually searching for numbers behind the plate. They want more guys back there and they want uh, they want quality there. They've the, a couple of years ago, they went out and got Jonathan Lucroy and that helped them go to the playoffs. Uh, they would like a guy like that. So here's the question. Tony Walters is sitting there ready for arbitration eligibility for the first time. Do they tender him or do they non-tender him and go out and see if they can't, uh, can't maybe dig up something on the outside in the catcher, catcher market to go with Chris Iannetta? Now, what they usually do, what, what their druthers have been, is just find another catcher, whether it's on a minor league deal or make a deal there and, and change your roster some other place and keep Walters around because Walters is very good defensively. His work with uh, Marquez last season was outstanding. Um, so that's, I, I think that's the toughest non-tender, non-tender decision. The others, I don't see one. I know that, uh, that Chad Bettis has been kind of identified as a possible non-tender candidate. I don't see that because here's a guy that, um, yeah, he had, you know, he had the cancer scare a couple of years ago. But before that, he was the leader of the pitching staff. This season, or, or at least the 2018 season, he started off very well for them. Um, but then he had those blisters on, on a finger, and that ended up making him have to go to the bullpen. Well, guess what? Out of the bullpen, he had a two-something ERA. So um, he's a versatile guy, which in today's game, if you ever want to um, have games where you where you go with a bullpen or or remove your starter early, having a guy who can start and relieve is very valuable for them, for the team. So beyond that, they have a lot of good young guys that, that are arbitration eligible. And the other guy I want to mention is Trevor Story. 
Do they look at maybe a two-year deal or even a deal that eats up more of arbitration, you know, all of the arbitration for him? Um, he, he is a guy that uh, finished one home run behind Arenado, 37 home runs to Arenado's 38 in the National League race here. Um, so there are a lot of decisions with this, but it does look like the bulk of the guys are and should be a part of the 2019 plan. One other topic I wanted to touch on, you had a nice story by Ian Desmond on the Rockies website, um, just about, you know, kind of what's happened with him since he signed that long-term deal with the Rockies, I think at the time raised a lot of eyebrows, um, especially since I think he was going to be making a position switch, a pretty drastic one at that time. And, um, and it didn't start well, this contract, he was uh, very uh, injured that first season. And, and then when he came back for a full healthy season, his production was way down. So you mentioned the, the uh, wins above replacement stat uh, war, as we, as we know it, um, he was in the negatives and uh, that was much different from his career numbers. So, you know, he's like a key part of, of what needs to go right in order for the Rockies to win. I mean, when you, when you commit those kinds of dollars to one particular player, they have to produce. Um, and so we're looking to, to see from him next season and beyond. Yeah, I tell you, this is this has been a strange ride with Ian Desmond because um, he was a guy, and when you looked at his career, in addition to the numbers, wherever he was, that team won a division championship or was in the playoffs. Um, now, last season, or I should say the 2017 season, it was pretty much a wash, but he was able to produce a 274 batting average and, and, and do some things for the team. But um, 2018, the consistency was not there at all. I mean, by any stretch of the statistical numbers, it was a bad year. Then you go back to between June and August when the team went from being eight games out to being at the top of the division. He still didn't produce, but guess what? You would, you, you would look at those games, and this is where I think that sabermetrics needs to catch up a little bit with what actually happens on the field. Um, if if you needed a guy at second base early in an inning to score on a single, Ian Desmond stole that base. He came up with the hits when they mattered. It was it was really a strange year. He finished with, you know, 20 home runs and I think over 80 RBIs. I mean, just really strange. So can he find that stroke, that that swing that allows him to produce the way he did in the past? I mean, you saw the the, the home runs, he hits the ball the opposite way very well. He hits breaking pitches, but he's getting beat on the fastball. Can he find a way to arrest that problem? Because that problem will keep his numbers down for the rest of his career unless he figures out how to hit that fastball on the outside corner. So he's a guy that um, when, when the Rockies signed him, they didn't sign him just to be a first baseman. They thought over the life of the contract, he would move around and the Rockies would become a team like the Dodgers, like the Red Sox that plays guys at various positions, and they're there. Now If they, now that he's moving around, they need to get the offensive production out of him. So um, at some point, uh, I remember talking at the end of the season, at some point he was going to sit down and figure out exactly what to do next. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, but the, between him and the club, they've got to figure out a way to get more classic production out of them offensively, not just uh, the veteran-type things that win, win games, but maybe um, produce a little bit more during the game so you're not stuck in those situations at the end. All right, Thomas, good stuff as always. Thank you, and thanks to everybody for listening to MLB Extras, the Rockies edition, and we will get into this and more next week. Thank you, Thomas.